It's Thursday, November 27th, 2018, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 248, Hypothetical Space Monarchy. Runtime for this episode is 50 minutes. And welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that has sworn to defend the Earth from all plant-based menaces. My name is Jeremy. I am a writer for justice. I'm Tyler. I couldn't. I, I got nothing. I'm Zach. We have bested him. It doesn't help that Zach is on his phone <laughs> while we're recording this podcast that we do every week. I'm paying attention. Yeah, you're paying attention the same way I pay attention to meetings, which is like, you know, I tune in like every five seconds or so. I get the gist of what's going on. So speaking of evil masks, Zach, what have you been playing? Uh, Ace Ventura. No, I have not been playing Ace Ventura. I've been playing a lot of MechWarrior Online and War Thunder, actually, at the moment. I've played a lot of the uh, air battles in War Thunder. Are they separated into, like, air, land, and sea, or all three going on at once? They're separated. So you have air arcade battles, air realistic battles, tank arcade, tank realistic, and then sea battle Sea realistic and sea arcade. The sea and the air battles do have... When you're playing the sea battles, you can fly one of your planes in the battle. For bombing runs? Yeah, for bombing runs, strafing runs, taking out the other people. Like, I have a PBY Catalina is one of the things that I can fly. I have no idea what that is. Is it a hurricane? It's a flying boat. It's not a hurricane. A hurricane is a British fighter, not an American one. Ah. Uh, you know, I was going for a stupid, like, actual hurricane reference. No, but there actually is. A also, that was Katrina, not Catalina. Dang it. I screwed up on both counts. I but got fried. The Catalina is a flying boat. And it's a bomber. I haven't flown it in any ship combats. I've mostly flown it against other people in the air battles and bomb done bombing runs on that. But I mean, I could equip it with a torpedo if I wanted to. But since I've been flying against ground targets, torpedoes don't do well against those. Unless you're extremely accurate. Yeah, I'd rather just take the four or five hundred pound bombs that I can carry on it. So. I mean, that's still a fun game. It's it's entertaining. There's a lot of just random stuff. Their balancing is more realistic, I guess. Like I said, I've been flying doing most of the air battles because the, the tank battles usually annoy me. Because they're, they're very much one-hit kill type of situations. So driving out to the battlefield and then immediately dying isn't really, much, isn't really fun. Yeah, but very accurate to how a tank works, so... Oftentimes, yeah, whereas the aircraft, you can usually survive a bit longer. I don't think I've ever really, like, just been one-shot. I've one-shot other people, but I don't know that it's ever happened to me. Is it a mix of modern and old machinery, or is it mostly just old machinery? It's mostly old machinery where I am, because they have them all divided into tiers. So, like, I've been flying mostly Tier 1 planes, so that's, I think, all pre-war stuff. Like, I... I'm working on researching, I think, my first World War II aircraft. Okay, I was just thinking, like, modern aircraft have, like, heat-seeking missiles and stuff, as opposed to, like, lock-synced machine guns that fire past your propellers. Uh, interrupter gear. That's not... Like, I think they the highest they go is the Sabre, which doesn't carry missiles. Okay. I could also be wrong, was called something else, but I'm pretty sure it was that. But, like, they go up to the Amer at least the American one, goes up to the point where they aren't carrying any missiles. I know they don't have the Phantom on there, which was exclusively missiles, because someone thought it would be a brilliant idea not to put a gun on it, and then needed a gun. I just 
really like the idea of the entire plane just being made out of missiles. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> and it's like the opposite of a Voltron where it detaches parts that are missiles. So it gets lighter and more maneuverable the more missiles it fires. <laughs> no, that's... Until it's just one missile and it's like, you've unlocked my final form. Exactly. That is not how that works. And then that's how Saints Row 4 starts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are still quite fun games. Like, looking forward for Mechware Online's upcoming thing to get the free mechs and such like that there's currently an event going on where you can just unlock a bunch of resources and stuff well i guess not a bunch of resources mostly cockpit items and such like that again it's it's a fun game i enjoy it they just released the charger and charger with hat so <laughs> charger with hat yeah it's, it's what it is it's the charger battle mech and the hatamoto chi battle mech which is as oh. i described it the charger with hat I really wanted it to be wearing a top hat with, like, a monocle and a mustache in an otherwise completely serious game. No, it, it's very samurai-looking, but it's supposed to be built on the same chassis as the Charger, which is why I call it the Charger with hat. Does it have a samurai hat? Kinda. Okay. Is it a Gundam? No, but as soon as I saw the one in-game for how they decided to restyle it in MWO, my first thought was, if I had one of these, I'd totally paint it white, red, and blue. <laughs> But since I didn't want to pay real money for mechs I'm not overly fond of, I do not. Can um, you paint it red, white, and blue? Is I like could, yeah. color customization an option in that game? Yeah. Okay. I have a bright pink Warhammer. That's excellent. I love it. <laughs> it's based off of Heartbreaker. I have a mini that's painted like it too. Is I don't know what a Heartbreaker is. It's is a it? Warhammer that's painted pink. Okay, fair enough. I sh I walked right into that one. I have an entire Heartbreaker series of mechs. I have one in each weight class that's painted pink. From designer Zach Schaefer, the Heartbreaker collection. <laughs> <laughs> Delicately cut I just to wanted... bring out the true radiance of any pilot. I just wanted to do it just to mess with people. To Like, okay, I'm going to shoot the bright pink Atlas standing over there. <laughs> I mean... There's something wrong with that, dude. You definitely make yourself a target. So I'm a target anyway. I, I die all the time. Although what? I do like my crab a lot. It's actually a lot of fun to drive. I is it is it an actual crab walker or no? It's a mech called a crab. It, it's, okay. its hands look like pincers. Okay, that's getting in the right direction. I was actually really just hoping for a hexapodal mech in Mech Warrior, though. Uh, the closest is the Revenant, which is in Mech Warrior Online because it's a mech that comes out of the Jihad, and it's actually a drone mech. What else have you been playing, Zach? Uh, still a lot of BattleTech. Like I'm still working through the campaign mode or the career mode. I finally got myself a hatchet man, which made me really, really happy. So now you can hawk people up? Yes, I can. No, you can be a Jason Voorhees? Yes, I can now be Jason Voorhees. <laughs> now I also part. want a, just like a mech warrior mech with a giant hockey mask on. I think there's a market for this. Have you seen the Atlas? It's been a long time. Does it have a hockey mask? No, but it has a death set. I, like, like painted on or like... Like the head is shaped like a skull. Oh, that's really cool. Maybe I haven't ever seen an atlas. I've gone all this time thinking I knew what you were talking about based on my vague knowledge of playing MechWarrior 2 once. MechWarrior 2 is clans, so that would make sense. The atlas is in their sphere battle mech. That makes perfect sense. Actually, I have been listening to Zach talk about MechWarrior for long enough. That does actually make perfect sense, but... <laughs> oh no, that's badass. Also, definitely not the one I was thinking of. The one I was thinking of was a lot more squat and had, like... Well, the way I loaded it out, four PPCs, and it just overheated in one shot. That's probably either a Masakari or a Direwolf slash Daishi. I have no idea. If I had to go with anything, I would probably go with Direwolf, but... That's a 100-ton clan mech. It's also known as a Daishi. 
Masakari is also a Warhawk. So, and it, it, the Masakari actually comes with four PPCs stock. I played it once against Kevin, fired all four of them on the tabletop, and forgot one key factor, and that's that it has nowhere near enough heat sinks to take them. So I yep. fired all of them, overheated, and then blew up the LRM ammo. <laughs> Your own LRM ammo? Yes, yep. My LRM ammo, yep. because I took too much heat. That's also a really fun game, and I wish I had more time to play more. Uh, Battletech on the tabletop. Is there still that weekly gaming group? At... I have no idea. I haven't no, been. You haven't been in a long time. Been in a long time because I go in and help out on on Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So I'm usually in bed around that time, trying to catch up on a little bit of sleep or take a nap before I go in. That's legit. But yeah, Battletech, really fun game. I I would recommend it. I mean, hell, of course I recommended it to you. I bought both of you a copy. Yep, I have not played nearly as much of it as I want to. Every day I'll get a sweet catapult and I'll run around in it, jump around in it. It'll take a while before you get there. Although there are two catapult designs in that game. One has jump jets, the other one doesn't. One also has LRMs, the other one doesn't. Does the one with jump jets have LRMs? Yes. Okay. It's the C1 catapult and the K2 catapult. Both fine. They're both fine. One's direct fire support, the other one's indirect fire support, that's all. So you haven't been playing a lot of Battletech. What have you been playing, Tyler? Although I think I already know the answer to this question. What, what do you think the answer is? I'm going to go with Smash Brothers. Oh, uh, you're supposed to guess something not that, Zach. I'm the humorless one, remember? I'm the straight man. We should have let Jeremy introduce what, it. What about Battle Sisters? Are we playing Battle Sisters? I don't know what that is, so yes, definitely. <laughs> is it... Wait, okay, it's two nuns. No, it's Sony's knockoff uh, Smash Brothers game, but they only use female Sony characters. So. That was Sony All-Stars. <laughs> so they have Fat Princess, and I think that's it. Yeah, I remember that. You had it had Kronos in it. Kronos? No. Yep, Kronos. Yeah. You know, it's been, Kratos. It's actually Chrono cosplaying as Kratos, but he kept his hair. So you've been playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Yeah, no, that's I think mostly what I've been playing. That's pretty much all I've been playing, but that's because I haven't been playing a lot of video games. Yeah, that's mostly been my problem too. Oh, actually, you know what else I've played since the last time we recorded was some Final Fantasy 15. Did he finish? I th- Are you free? I thought I was gonna finish, <laughs> and then Knock this for ultimate. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there was a bunch of like, oh, hey, you're one, you're like thirty. Good job on that. Two, and like I said, he hangs out in a cave for like ten years. <laughs> what? And then all of a sudden there's some side quests. Um, you you become a crystal, kind of, and Bahamut, who is not a dragon, very disappointingly, he's just like a big guy in dragon armor. Was like, yo, you must bond with this crystal and help it realize its full power. And Noctis is like, I guess. Um, am I gonna have to like suicide bomb Kefka now? And uh, the answer is yes, probably. So I like a like a noob. I wander through the world of ruin. I think it's actually called the world of ruin too. And like, I don't remember? I'm not even sure if it's a nod to Final Fantasy VI or just like a big middle finger to Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. But you like wander out of a crystal. And go killing some... You have a sweet beard now. You have a sweet beard now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was dressed as blue-haired Lara Croft, so I didn't realize I had a sweet beard until we're, like, storming in the capital city. I'm like, oh, this has final battle written all over it. I should be playing as actual Noctis because all my other characters have gone through a time skip character transformation. I should see how sweet I look now. Oh, no, I have a horrible beard. <laughs> it's a horrible beard. It's also, a sweet beard. I'm, on, I'm officially on Team Sweet Beard. 
Yeah, no, actually, Noctis looks pretty cool. Ignis changes hair a little bit. I'm not a huge fan. Gladio changed, like, his whole thing. I'm a big fan. Prompto grew a goatee. Why? <laughs> Why Prompto? Yeah, yeah Prompto's goatee, I'm not a fan Because clearly he must actually be the true villain. So we've already talked about, uh, like, a fair number of spoilers on this. Can I bring up a definite spoiler that is also a what the hell? I think I know which one you're talking about. Go for it. Uh, the fact that Prompto is a Magitech unit? Yes. Um, <laughs> doesn't make any... There is like a, no not a real person. There is no foreshadowing to this at there is all. A little bit. Okay, so the way, but, but the problem with this entire game is you don't see these guys' relationship at all before they start their sweet boy band road trip. So, and like that's okay. They start to reveal a little bit of it just through random conversations and stuff. I don't know. It really feels like you said they had a third of a game and they're like, oh crap, we have to finish this now. Yeah. And then they just rush the other two thirds out the door. Like, like you can see where there was going to be plots strung together. And instead, they just put you on a train and just said, <laughs> go visit the Plot Express. Now wow. visiting one female character station. Um, also, two extremely cockney guys station. Yes, they're her lackeys. That is true. Also, they reference that Iris becomes a super awesome demon slayer, which is great. I love that. But we don't see her. But so. you don't see her. Yeah. Which is really sad. I'm like, oh, that's good for her. I guess there she are two female characters in that game. I forgot about Iris. Also, Luna Freya. Uh, she's in that game. Yeah, she's in she's, that game. She's by that game. She's standing right next to it. She was too good for that world, really. <laughs> she has the potential to participate in that game and doesn't. She was easily the best character in the entire game, and she only has like five minutes of screen time, and half of that is her dying. Which is why she's the best character in that game. She isn't around long enough for the character to get ruined. That's a good point, actually. I might make an argument for Ignis. Okay, yeah, no, that's true, Ignis. Also, yeah, man, Ignis, after he goes blind and he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna blind fight now. Let's do it. I'm gonna be Daredevil. I'm I already took, Alfred. I might as well be Daredevil. Too. I took all the blind fighting feats. <laughs> you know, it was a really good character development choice. Like, the DM said, well, either he can die or he can be blind, and the character's like, you know what? It'll be more fun to roleplay a blind character. And then the GM threw him a bone and gave him, uh, like, an element bomb technique that he can just, like, throw at things. Using his innate, I'm gonna say it's a sense of smell. Ignis has a keen sense of well, smell. That's why he's a good so that cook. Makes sense, yeah. Yes. <laughs> this thing's weak to fire. Okay. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hound dog, Zach. There's no point in uh, visiting the world of ruin, by the way. Yeah, and like that sounds like such a shame because the world of ruin <laughs> sounds like such a bitchin' location. I yeah. Have such a good beard now, but you all you have to do is drive to Final Fight Land. Yeah, and you can't like and, there's and not Hagar's not even mayor anymore. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to do any of the end game side quests. Like, Core is like, hey, you want to go help me take down an enemy base inside of our city? I'm like, I, you know, if this was like 10 years ago, maybe. But right now, I just kind of want to stab a guy, actually, and just get this over with. That's what I did. There's um, a kind of frustrating dungeon is generous in front of him. But it's not like any puzzles. It's just a little tricky to navigate. Okay. You have to go down in a subway. I'm also missing one royal arm and i know oh, where it is you might as well go grab that well i was in the dungeon and i like i could see places that i could go on the map but i couldn't figure out how to get there hmm. so i just wandered away it was castle mark tower it's been long enough that i don't remember so yeah i don't know like and in order to get down to the part where i may or may not be missing a puzzle you do have to navigate a horrible block maze and there are enemies that spawn after every block you move even if you've already been through it and even though they're only like level 20 enemies so i wouldn't bother with it but yeah. that's because i don't usually care i've also already dumped like 60 hours into this game i'm like maybe i should just end it yeah 
You, you need to euthanize that Final Fantasy 15. The other thing I've been playing, though, is, as Zach correctly guessed, Battle Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Battle Sisters. That's the correct av- attribute. Final edition. <laughs> the penultimate fantasy fight ship. So Smash is fun. Yeah, it's still Smash. Yeah, it's still Smash. It's, like, slightly changed from Smash 4, but unless you play a lot of either of those, it doesn't really matter. I like Inkling. Inkling's fun. Inkling's fun. I like that they put Belmonts in it. Yeah, the the Belmonts are pretty great. I want to unlock Snake so I can be Snake again. I have been snaking it up a little bit online. Um, I have lost every single match I've played as Snake, though. Snake's not good, but he's He's currently top tier, according to professional players. I feel like everyone is top tier right now. Only five. Okay. Um, Bayonetta, Cloud, Snake, <laughs> Inkling, surprisingly, and... Pikachu? I heard a lot of yes, Pikachu. buzz for Pikachu. Yeah, uh, Pichu is just below top tier. It turns out that whole it damages itself thing still... Matters. But it's got a better final smash than Pikachu. It does. Also, it does more damage just than Just because Pikachu. its voice actor tried a lot harder. <laughs> Best part of that was, I mean, Jeremy had a Pikachu <laughs> duel at the very end. And we skull bashed each other. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. I have that video saved. I'm, I, I was too. trying to figure out how to put it on YouTube, but I don't think there's any way for the Wii U to, or the Switch to do it specifically. I think you need like a capture card like Jeremy has. I mean, I feel like there has to be a way to put it on the internet, like every console there's does that. There's a share button that lets you put it on, put like 30 second clips onto Facebook. Oh, boy. Twitter. There but not Twitch? There does not seem to be a way to to either stream or put stuff on YouTube. Yeah, that's kind of lame. I'm not into that. That sounds like Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it does. Although they finally did away with their stupid creator content policy thing. Did they go away with it entirely? Uh, starting next year, yeah. Okay, that's good. I think January 19th is a cutoff date, and then after that they're like, you know what, it's a free-for-all. We screwed this one up bad for like the last five years. Sorry about that, guys. So have you been paying any attention to the way the competitive scene is reacting to Ultimate? Because I've specifically tried not to for now. Not really. Okay. I know that Zero likes the game a lot, but that's about it. Like, I've been hanging around the Smash subreddit because I already did, and a lot of people are like, let's make tier list some guy- guys. It is early. The game's been out for like two weeks. I'm more curious, and it's early for this too, if they're going to enable super meters in official tournaments. The thing where your final Smash gauge charges? Yeah. I really doubt it. You don't think so? No. One thing I will say about the game is that its online matchmaking leaves a little bit to be desired. I actually get mostly the types of matches I want, or if I set no preference, it's just like a random hodgepodge of whatever else or whatever anyone else has set, which is pretty fun. Um, But usually if I set my preferences, I get the exact match type I was looking for. A lot of people are complaining about that and like I've had zero problems. So a lot of people are complaining about that specifically where they're not getting match with their preference. The thing that I specifically dislike is if I end up in a match I actually want to play more of, you have to exit all the way out to switch your fighter and then you're not in that match anymore. Which is just kind of lame. Yeah, I can see why that's a problem. I can also see the idea of choose a character and then go online. Like Fighters, for example, works that way. But it also doesn't have as many match types. Yeah, and also... Or characters to play. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the things. I don't know. Also, I tend to like main random, unless someone's actually good enough for me to pull out someone I'm good with. And random isn't even an option in this game. So... It is if you go into, like, a room that someone created, like we were doing. So anymore, actually, if I want to just, like, do one-on-ones, I'll just hop into some random public room that someone set up and just do that. Um, I accidentally ended up in one yesterday where it was uh, basically king of the hill, so loser out. And I stood there for, I think, 12 matches, 
until I got bored and left. So you got knocked out of it, and there were that many people that you just had to wait around that long. No, I was king of the hill. I just won twelve matches in a row. Oh, so you were in the game for such a long time that you just said screw it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, one guy. No one in this dojo is a match for me. Harumph. Exactly. Yes, that's Ah, exactly what happened. We'll find competition elsewhere. Was it a full four man? (laughs) Thing, or was it just 1v1? 1v1. Okay. 1v1, random stage, no hazard. Because I so. can I can take you in a larger scale, because I did that again when you were playing K. Rule when we were all together. Yep. I took you. I took two lives down and beat you with the Me Fighter, but in a straight 1v1, I don't, I'll lose pretty much every time. I don't know. Depends on whether or not I'm playing K. Rule, because I'm not good as him. Uh, He's fun, fi- though. How do you find stage hazards off to be? Because I haven't experimented with that at all, so I'm curious... Um, I yeah. like it. Uh, like how much it changes? Not a whole lot, honestly. Like, uh, I'm trying to think. The Elite Four arena that has all those Pokemon in it actually still has some fun stuff going on. Like, it just changes the shape of the stage. Although I found out late in the match we were playing that he can set stage morph. Wait. I couldn't figure out a way to do it in the room we were playing together, though. Like, I know it's an option, but I couldn't find it. I just have my initial rule set that I usually use when I'm playing the game. To morph the stage at random. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. I am very into that. I haven't played with it at all. As I say, yesterday or the day before, I also spent an hour at work just kind of screwing around with some people. I did not lose a single match. I got publicly chastised and or there were a, a PSA was issued to my office that I am not <laughs> to be played in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're that guy. I'm that guy, I, I guess. Mean, to be fair, you feel like that guy when I was playing you at four. So. <laughs> Fair enough. But I used to be that guy, and I was like, oh man, I gotta play Tyler more so I can become that guy. And then I didn't, because... Because Smash 4 wasn't your bag, yeah. really? Well, it's the same with this one. I only want to play Smash with other people. I don't ever want to play Smash either on my own or with strangers over the internet. That's fair. This is pretty much the only game I play online competitively, and I don't know why. Although it's actually gotten me into doing that more generally with other games, so. Yeah, I was doing that in Fighters for a while, and I really enjoyed it. But, like, doing it with Smash just has no appeal to me. Nor am I really interested in the single-player modes, any of them. I will basically only play Smash Brothers with people I know. I will occasionally play it alone to try and unlock characters. But other than that, I have absolutely no interest in it. But, see, I have interest in it. I'm like, I, I want to play some Smash. I'm like, and I look to my right and I look to my left. I'm like, there are no friends here. I cannot <laughs> play Smash. I don't know. The other night when we were on Discord was actually pretty fun, so. It was, and I would like to do that more. I abandoned you guys for group props. Oh, no. One of my coworkers' husbands plays Smash competitively. Not well, but he does play competitively, and he picked up Ultimate. Kevin says he's thinking about doing it, so. Oh, no. I need someone I know to play with so that I can get better against not online randos. You should play more, but I suck, so you'll have, <laughs> you have to beat my face in until I don't suck. I will just always suck. I'll just always be dangerous at the same time because I'll be that guy standing in the background wailing on something. Yeah, yeah in four-player games, anyone can succeed, which is one of the reasons I like Smash. I feel like that's true even with items off and like Final Destination. Yep. When you get enough people in there, I'll which is why competitive is always one-on-one. I'll just park it in one side of the map and fire Samus bolts and missiles into the fray and let that deal with everybody. Although I found that generally, like, the skills I learn in one-on-one make me actually way more likely to win a uh, oh, four-person I, match. I don't think so. it doesn't apply. I just think there's a lot less you can do. It's like, more chaotic, right? There's less in your control. Because 1v1 is mostly about footwork and approach, which becomes thousands of times more complex when you have another <laughs> player. Yeah, so that's why you play an ultra heavyweight and just constantly up smash until everything dies. That's how I did the mode where you just have to deal with a hundred 
like little guys as Ike. I basically just stood in the main main area of the stage and wailed on everything. Yep, Bowser is also really good for that because his up B has an area effect. DK is good for that because he's got the ground pound thingy. No one ever actually plays Multi Man Smash for like more than about a minute though. That's I don't know they one of the challenges in Smash Four was like last for five minutes an endless smash and by the end of it i'm like i'm so bored these things just die immediately i'm a fan i do feel like it was kind of a mistake for them to announce joker the day before the game came out because now i just want to play joker and he's not in this game yet although the number of castlevania tracks makes me really hopeful for the number of persona tracks that are going to show up yeah it depends on what deal they get right but they could have like all hours of persona music all they need is rivers in the desert I agree. I just said that. But if they have uh, like the last three battle themes from Persona 3, 4, and 5, that would be rad. And then you can have like a weird kitschy pop song as your battle music and be like, why is this the random battle music for 90% of Persona 4? (laughs) I mean, it seems normal now after I played Persona 4, but this is definitely just an anime closing song (laughs) that should be playing over the heroines having big watery eyes and stars falling in the background. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, that, actually, that was pretty true in, I want to say, 3 had the, like, weird hip-hop music. Yeah, it had, like, that rap, but that's also, like, it has a battle feel to it. Yeah, that is true. It, it's, it's a lot like, more aggressive feeling. It's that braggadocious rap that's like, hey, I'm going to take you all out, and you're all going to die. Never played 3, because I couldn't be asked to dig my PS2 out. That was, that was really what it was. I didn't want to dig my PS2 out. And 5 is, like, a lounge singer song. Yeah, it's, got, it's very good. jazzy. Yeah. I was listening to one of the tracks that people were like really excited about. I can't even remember its name. I'm like, Last is... Surprise. Yeah, uh, that's it. It that, was that's Last the, Surprise. That's the main battle theme of Persona 5. Rivers yeah, in the Desert is Yeah, Rivers in the Desert is my favorite. It's the is boss. It, it's it's the... the last two bosses are Rivers in the Desert. Okay, so it isn't just the uh, the big dude on the on the yeah. ship. And I'm really also hoping for the, uh, the song you get on the day of the heist that I can't think of the name of right now. That is great in that game because the more heists you do, the more instruments and lyrics it adds. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so the first time you do it, it's just the guitar, and then the second time you do one, it's like full instrumental, and then the third, they add the lyrics, and it's very good. Persona 5 is a very good game. I know. That what's sad is I'm probably never going to be able to play Persona because it just caused me too much stress. <laughs> it's like the weirdest combination. Okay, so all this talk about Persona and all this sweet music, I don't know why. Oh, because of the multi-instrument thing. Uh, reminded me of this game I played, I think, in high school called Ephemeral Fantasia, which is like the most generic goddamn JRPG title in existence. Um, but it's about this guy who's a professional thief who accidentally gets trapped in Groundhog Day. <laughs> um, and also he's a guitarist, but also his guitar has a sword in the neck and also it's a talking sword. Are you sure this was No More Heroes? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a lot less goofy than that, but basically you go around and learn people's loops, kind of like you do in Majora's Mask. So that you can recruit them into your time travel loop party. So that you can eventually get stronger so you can take on the final boss who is causing the loop. Because he's trying to summon a demon. And he's screwed up. It Like, he doesn't know he's in a loop. But you do, for whatever reason. I forget why. And then you go around and recruit a bunch of townsfolk to go fight him. And then you just, like, basically go say, Ha, sucker, we've been getting stronger while you've been causing a time loop. And he's like, the what now? I'm just trying to summon Beelzebub over here. And then you stab him with your talking sword. But also you get to play sweet guitar music, and the more people you add, like, some of them play instruments, so then you, like, start forming a band that also is a JRPG fighting crew. See, every time you said loop, I just thought of that college humor video that came out right before Looper. 
That's the two like mafia hitmen. He's like, we're gonna send you back in time. Why? When you could just hit me? Nope. You're gonna get looped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this one, but I should probably go watch it. Uh, anything else, Tyler? No. 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 That's pretty much it. I have actually I dicked around a little bit with some uh, NES classic games because I got the online mode for Smash. The problem is most of the good ones we've already played for this podcast. I know. I was really excited to see Super Dodgeball on there, which yes, apparently you told game. me about at some point, but I was so I mentioned excited. I it on the podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that's why I don't remember, because anything that happens on the podcast just immediately evaporates from my head, apparently. Fair. No, I was excited to see some Super Dodgeball. That was fun for a few minutes. I forgot how to do special attacks. So I think it's BNA. <laughs> They're only no, that's how fun. you jump. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's something to do with how you charge and like when you throw it in your charge. It's a Shoryuken. Oh, that's it. Yeah, no, I should have been doing a Shinko Hadoken. All right. What have you been playing, Jeremy, that is not Smash? Absolutely nothing, which is what you are about to become. Good point. Welcome Good point. to die. And um, also the assignment. Also the assignment. Really quick, in case we can't get the video up, we should mention this sweet double death that Jeremy and Zach had. <laughs> oh, we were both playing Pikachu Libre because that's the only Pikachu costume Why in Why use well, any other you, Pikachu costume? And it was just the two of us, and we'd kill everyone else, and we just both spontaneously started charging the headbutt, and then we both had to go, so... And then, so they both launched at want and collided midair, and it was going to kill both of them, but I... Did Zach, Zach die first? Died barely? Died first, slightly yes. f- before I did. Okay, so Jeremy died slightly first, but they were definitely both going to die from this mutual death headbutt. I was expecting it to just cling like some attacks do. It was the funniest thing I have seen in Smash in a very long time. It is pretty funny. I think, in having rewatched it, I think I was right. We were slightly off center from the stage, so we were slightly closer to the end of the stage that would kill Jeremy, not me, and I think that's why he died first. Also, damage percentage. Like, you go flying faster if you're a higher percentage. I so. don't remember. I, I think his your damage might have been slightly higher than mine, but I don't really remember. I know. If we can get that video on the internet, it will be great. So speaking of great moments, we played Super Earth Defense Force, a great moment in the history of Jalico. And also, it's almost a tie-in because Earth Defense Force 5 came out today, a completely unrelated game that's apparently just so bad it's good game based on B-movies that everyone's like, this is pretty okay. Uh, there are giant frogs in it, and the people are like, they look just like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, this sounds mildly interesting. Is yeah. it made by the same? No. Okay, completely, completely unrelated. unrelated? Okay. Excellent. That doesn't but, surprise me. But when I was looking up today for some last-minute information, it was all reviews of this Earth game. Defense Force. So it is it five people who are on the Earth Defense no, Force? No, this is the fifth game in this different Earth Defense Force series. I have never heard of it. It sounds much better, though. It sounds familiar. I think I've come across this at one point. I think one of the early ones might have been basically a remake of Galaga. Or not, not no, Galaga, th- th- um, Space Invaders. This series is a series of third-person shooters, so... I know, but, like, it was... The one that I thought was, like, a third-person shooter, but it was basically just Space Invaders again. Gotcha, huh. But as a third-person shooter. Yes. Yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. It's a modern era. So, Super Earth Defense Force is a horizontal scrolling shooter in the vein of Gradius. Do you know what the plot is in this game? Because I could not figure it out. There's Uh, a plot? I assume there's a plot. There are bad guys on the right of the screen. Okay. You, you are on the left. Them. I was trying to decide whether they're aliens, but at some point you're definitely flying past a space colony, and I'm like... I mean, the first boss is definitely just a Gradius boss. Yeah, that is definitely true. So this one, we've played a bunch of these kind of games in the past. This one works like every other one of them. You, of course, the slight difference is you pick a weapon at the beginning. 
Yeah, that's um, the biggest difference. Is, it is eight there are eight different weapons? Yes. Yep. Uh, pick homing. It's yeah, homing is the correct choice. I, I kept picking the the laser, the S laser. S laser is probably the second best because it homes a little. But homing, you can just hold down the fire button and focus on dodging. Oh, I attacks. guess that makes sense. I tried. The, I was going with the machine because the homing said it had very, very weak power. That's definitely true. It takes multiple hits to kill even very easy enemies, but you can just focus entirely on defense, which is important because this game is pretty difficult. All right, really quick. I have to read the plot of this game. It's only like three sentences. The story varies slightly between the two versions of the game. In the Super Nintendo version, the Azima Empire, a space-bound monarchy currently dedicated to eradicating all life on planet from its flagship orbital satellite buster, where do we choose five teams and give them different robots to fight them that are color coded? That's a sequel, I'm pretty sure. We lose the war, um, and then we we make some Power Rangers. They establish a base on the dark side of the moon. After attacking the Earth, they have a secret weapon capable of destroying all life on Earth. EDF is ordered to send their XA-1 fighters in to drive out the invaders and destroy their ultimate weapon. Alternatively, basically the same thing, except they're called the EDF. So, yeah, no, there's basically no plot. There's, I don't know, space aliens? Maybe it was actually, maybe we're so far in the future we've had time to colonize other planets and then a monarchy developed on another planet and came back to destroy Earth? So, after you pick your weapon... Which, should we go through the eight weapons? That seems like a uh, good thing to do. Yeah. It's what, machine gun? Vulcan, which is basically the machine same gun. weapon that exists in every... Uh, horizontal scroller, you just shoot. Uh, grenade. Grenade, which is kind of like mines. You let them out and they explode after a minute. Small laser, or S laser. Which is a laser that will home in my slightly. Head, in my head, it's small laser, because it battle tech nerd. I think big laser. Yeah, which is a piercing weapon. There's photon, which is really interesting, because it creates this little lightning shield in front of you that will absorb projectiles. I, is that what it did? Yeah, okay, I tried I, but that you have to one. ram people with it and... Like, a lot of people, you have to be so close to them that they can shoot past the shield because their gun is in your face. So, it's interesting, but not great. Homing, which is the best one. It's just homing shots. Atomic, which is this very slow-firing thing that explodes on impact and leaves a little explosion afterwards. And I don't remember the last one. Did we get explode? No, that's the one we're missing. Yeah, it's basically just atomic again. Or grenade again, really. It's like somewhere in between the two. I played with Atomic for a while, and it was fun, but definitely homing is the correct choice. Like a lot of these games, you start out with Gradius-style options, and you also have different configurations you can put them in. You have two different At the start, you actually unlock oh, more as the game you? goes on. Yeah, this how do you? a little weird, you? because you, okay. you press A to, to switch them, and either they're just shooting forward with you, which makes your forward gun more powerful, or you can switch them to like a rotating thing around you. That also eat bullets as they which, rotate. Will they eat bullets? Yeah. Yes. Okay, it, I, it didn't seem like they did a whole lot of that, but it, they also, it weakens your base attack, but gives you a wider coverage. Yep. I, I generally had them in rotating mode. Rotating and, mode is usually better, except for when you know where the enemies are going to spawn and you can just cover them in laser fire and, and at least before they retaliate. S, S laser, when they're in the rotating mode, that's when they'll actually you know, kind of shoot on their own and shoot at targets on their own. Yeah, unfortunately, they shoot at where targets are and not where they're going to be. They li didn't listen to the advice of the king of... Uh, I can't even remember. I don't know. Futurama reference. That just means that their software hasn't been updated to equal the kind of tracking ability that you see in the War Thunder aircraft. You know, those World War, uh, pre-World War II aircraft, which give you a leading? Uh-huh. Uh, Perseid Omicron 8 was the planet I was going for. 
So you start with the options, so there aren't upgrades like in other games. There's no power-ups that drop. You also can control your speed with one button, and there are three different speed settings, which is occasionally useful, although it's almost always beneficial to just get a max speed immediately. I had no idea there I, were speed options. I didn't know you could change your speed. Yeah, it's uh, on a dumb button. I can't remember which one. It's I want to say X. It's not a convenient button. That's a weird button. Anyway, you don't have any power-ups, but you do have a score, like in a lot of these games. And you also have a, what's basically an experience meter that goes up with your score, and you level up. So at level two, you get a more powerful gun. Is, at, at every level, you get a more powerful version of your gun. Is that what that meter was? Yes. I thought that was how long until you're in, until you're done with the level. I thought it was a progress bar. Oh, no, I could see that. No, I definitely got that because I leveled up homing once. I'm like, oh, they're a different shape now. When did that happen? And I noticed that I was on level two, so. And at level three and five, you unlock new formations. Okay. At level three, you unlock a follow mode where they will be like where you were before you moved. And they'll when you move again, they'll move to where you currently are. Okay. Which is useful in a lot of situations, though difficult to use while focusing on defense. But like if you need a wider area coverage, you can set up like a line or something. Or like you can put them in line with the enemies and move yourself to safety and have them keep firing where they are. But if um, you're using homing, that seems a little bit less useful. There's also one that I saw that's just shove them in an enemy's face. Yeah, <laughs> at level five, which I never reached, you unlock like seek and destroy mode. Well, they'll just fly to enemies and like be in their face. It's really good for bosses. That sounds like it. Unfortunately, so I watched a Let's Play of this because I did not have the patience to get very far in this game. You don't really get to level five unless you do not die the entire game and get to basically the last level. This is a particularly hard game. It's three hits and you're dead. I couldn't even beat level one. I could do better than that in, in Life Force or Gradius. Uh, to be fair, your experience meter carries over every death. When you game over and have to start from the beginning, obviously you lose it. Does it but say if, if you, you change weapons? Yes. Okay. If you change weapons or you die, you retain your experience. That's another reason why homing is so much better in this game. A lot of times you only get points if you kill any every enemy in a formation which I found pretty difficult to do with oh, wow. non-homing weapons. The bigger enemies give you points automatically, but most of the little small fry ones, you have to actually kill them all, which is similar to Gradius, where they only drop power-ups if you kill them all, but it still, I think, just makes the homing weapon disproportionately powerful yeah. compared to your other options. Well, we were trying to list out all the weapons. I pulled up some guy's random review of this game. It was the Well-Red Mage. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and he's like, I'll give you one guess as to which weapon you should pick every time. Yeah, it's homing like every other one of these games. So <laughs> it honestly it just means that homing probably shouldn't have been made and they shouldn't because it can. It's kind of one of those things where with that powerful and how the game actually functions, it kind of seems like they designed it around people having homing instead. So this was originally an arcade game. And in the arcade version, you didn't get to pick your weapon. So I really wonder how that worked. I don't huh. know. If might it have was been just the Vulcan, just... or if they had drops, I don't know. It was know. probably just the Vulcan, and they dropped other weapons. The problem is a lot of the enemies come in at angles that you cannot shoot at, even if you have, like, the yeah, rotation I, on. I saw that. There was one of them, like, they came down early on in the in the first stage where they were on the ceiling, and there was no way to shoot at them. They, yeah, they let Dr. Right... Wow. They let Dr. Light design this ship, and it can't shoot up. That guy's an idiot. And while we are saying it's hard, and it is, it is a lot more forgiving than other games of this type in other ways. You get three hits before you die. It's got a little bit of a hit feedback problem. I wish there was a sound effect or a more obvious effect. You flash, but so much is going on at screen at any one time, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, a couple of times I didn't realize I'd been hit earlier, and I just kind yeah. of died, and I was like, wait, what? Huh? How'd that happen? Yeah, no, my first couple of playthroughs I did not realize when I was taking damage. There is a way to get more shields, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's when you level up. If you beat a level, it does fully recharge your shields. 
to the fault, but and I mean, I guess having the option set in defense mode, like that's the easiest way I can, I can think of to describe it, does give you a little bit of additional defense there because they'll absorb shots for you. It's also kind of the only way to hit anything at a weird angle because you can like have your option go through a thing. It's weird because the game's definitely hard, but it's not so hard that I was ever frustrated with it. But it also never hit that. Oh, I can do this if I keep at it that's exactly where i was i I, gave up out of boredom more than i gave up out of frustration i wasn't really i'm not a big space shooter guy in the first place but i i I booted up and was like okay i'm gonna play this and then i just kind of got bored and was like if i'm gonna do this why don't i just play one of the other ones that i've experienced in the past like why don't i try gradius why don't i play life force i was like this is just another one of those long line of those kind of games there were a lot of those on those old consoles there were um I'm not sure why. Maybe it was because Gradius was so popular. Our type was actually really good. And, and I, probably easier to program. Yeah, they're actually, yeah, they're one of the easier games to program because you don't have to worry about physics, really, where you actually have to care about that in a lot of platformers. Like, there aren't clipping problems. That's probably why. They're probably and cheap it was to produce. probably also a situation where you had some really popular ones, people trying to jump on those. And they were really popular on the NES, and on the Super NES, you could get closer to the arcade experience. Yeah, the Genesis had a lot, too. I think they just expected them to take off, but because of other sorts of games that involved platformers like Super Mario World, where you could save and find secrets, and JRPGs, I think, just kind of swept these under. Uh, Because once you got into the situation where you could save and you had story and all that. Yeah, you had more complexity uh, to game. Points became a lot less important in a lot of these uh, side-scrollers. Points are the big thing, and points aren't important when you're just trying to go through the story. It looked like you had an epiphany, Tyler. So Yes, it has nothing to do with this. You should remind me, like, we're already running a little long on this one. The next time we record, you should remind me about the fact that my parents got a Super Nintendo Classic. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> they are playing Final Fantasy VI right now. Huh. I have, yeah, it's very entertaining for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only right. imagine. So any final thoughts on this? I agree with you guys. There's no reason not to play another one. That said, this one's fine. R-Type and R-Type 2 is available on the Switch for, I think, 10 bucks for both of them. So it's, it's just a situation where I don't think the game was bad. It's just I had that thought of, why don't I just play one of the other ones that exist? Because holy hell, there are a lot of these. I feel like this is going to be on the midpoint of our list as far as if you just made it the horizontal shooters. Of course, yep. I think... I think I also had that thought of, uh, why don't I just play Metal Slug? Which I get very similar vibes from to the, games yeah, it's like Contra and games like uh, Gradius are surprisingly similar. Yeah, the, the only difference is whether or not you fall back down after doing anything. Yeah, no, I, I think I feel the same way. Like, we definitely played worse ones, but this felt like, uh, I forget which one it is. One of the Genesis ones that we played. That Musha? I, maybe. Was I, that the one with, the, like, the bird thing? That I had to play over here, yeah, yeah. Forgot, or I couldn't get at it. The bird thing. The bird-like know. mecha thing. The second level good. was the asteroid field, whichever one that was. Are you think? Are you sure you're not thinking of Cybernator? Yeah, that sounds like Cybernator to me, but... Are you thinking of... Uh, Did Cybernator? Glaylancer. Yes, Glaylancer is okay, what I'm I, thinking of. I think I like it more than Glaylancer, but we should get into that in our next part, where we look at our list of video games we've played from best to worst that you can find on www.lastpodcast.com. Tyler, do you want to take it since you have the laptop, or should I try? I can just tell you what the midpoint is, because you know what the top and bottom are. I do. The top is Chrono Trigger, a game much better than this, a game very similar to Final Fantasy VI. You should try to encourage your parents to play that somehow as the sequel to this adventure. At the bottom is City Connection, a much worse arcade game where the points matter even less. And in the middle is... Tecmobile. Oh, you were so close. That's one-off. Kirby's Dreamland. Yes. Damn. <laughs> it was tech mobile for a long time it was yeah we've apparently played a couple worse games and pushed kirby's dreamland up the game i think we should start comparing this to is musha 
because it's the one that I find most similar to it, because it was also trying stuff with the options. Though I think Musha's a little better. The different weapons are fun. The formations are a little bit more fun. And it's got better level segments, even if they're not very good in that either. In my opinion, I agree with Jeremy, but I do have to give the caveat of it might have been because when I was trying to play Musha, I was playing it over here with uh, you guys in attendance, basically. So I had your guys' commentary in addition to the game itself. It, I mean, it helps almost any game, but honestly, Musha does a lot more interesting. Like, it plays with both horizontal and vertical better than Gradius uh, 2 did, I, Life I, Force, I guess. I definitely agree with you. I was just wanting to put that caveat there of, you know, I did play it under different conditions, so... So the next shooter we have like this is Life Force, the kind of sequel to Gradius. I think Life Force is also a little better, if only because it has co-op that works. The arcade version of Earth Defense Force did as well, but the Super Nintendo version that we played does not. Um, that's a pain. That's that's a rough thing to remove. I think I would agree with Jeremy. I'm a little split on this. I feel like Life Force's encounter design is a little bit better. Like it definitely has that solid Gradius, and its level design's better too. I think. Um, I was actually going to say they're, well... Well, with games like this... What's the level design in this game? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I I always kind of thought the encounter design and the level design was kind of the same in games like this. You know, a lot of people just throw, like, random waves of enemies at you. Oh, no. Gradius, it just feels really solid. Like, you can't fire very fast. You just knock out, like, three or four. You have to kind of time your shots. This game, you just, like, hold the shoot button. And that's just what you do. That's also why I like Super R-Type, is because you have a charge, so you can't just shoot the entire time if you also want to charge. So so the next one down is Glaylancer, and like I was saying earlier, I like this one a little bit more than Glaylancer. Glaylancer has the problem where you kind of fade into the background. You don't fade into the background in Glaylancer. I would Everything else fades the into the background. The problem is the things that are shooting at you, the things being shot at you that actually damage and kill you fade into the background because the background's a little bit too busy. Honestly, I think I prefer Glaylancer because the weapon options you get, like, it's a very, very similar game. The weapon options you get in Glaylancer all work a little bit better. Like, clearly, you still want to choose homing in Glaylancer, but the other weapons are a lot more viable. I honestly feel like the background design is more interesting, even if it is a little busier. Like, it, the levels you traverse are just more interesting. Well, I so. mean, you're not wrong, but the problem is having so much stuff on the background makes it just too cluttered. That's in my fair. opinion. Like, mechanically, I think it's a better game, but visually, I don't know. That's kind of the problem with these kind of games, is if you start getting real busy with the backgrounds and you can't see the uh, projectiles, which you're trying to dodge, makes them very much more difficult to play. Yeah, like, Super Earth Defense Force is more playable, but I think that if you just, like, put them both on a black background or something, uh, Glow Lancer is a better game, so... But I think playability is important, so... Okay. I, yeah, but they didn't do that, so... so directly above Glaylancer, we have Space Invaders. Do we think this is any better than Space Invaders, or do they get to go together? I don't think it's better than Space Invaders, but Space Invaders is a classic, and I might be a little biased. I think it might be a little bit better than the Space... Like, it's weird that Space Invaders is a viable contender with this game, but honestly, it's pretty solid. I mean, it's simple, but on the other hand, it's got... If I remember correctly, Asteroids is also pretty high. Yep. Well, have we played Asteroid? We played it for this podcast. Yeah, no, I, I just couldn't remember whether we Yeah, had I it. played it. He, that was one of those games I ended up playing here. No, Asteroid is well below Space Invader by like 30. Oh, I thought it was higher than that, but... All right, I don't know. I would put it above Space Invaders. Probably not very high, but... So My it's your choice. My instinct is to stay below, but I think I'm going to go with Tyler on this one because it's not a strong opinion, so I guess it goes a little bit above. Growing up, starting to look at those games that are similar to this genre, but not quite. We have Metal Slug 2, the, the one the that broken doesn't work one. right. Yeah. So this game better than a broken version of Metal Slug. I think my answer is no. Metal Slug just has so much more character. 
I agree with Tyler, actually, and I don't usually put technical bugs and glitches above anything. Like, we're just talking about how playability is important, but man, Metal Slug's got The style. parts of Metal Slug 2 that work. Yeah, it just, it's... Which is like the first four levels. It's like a shaggy hobo Santa versus James Bond in a tuxedo, and James Bond in a tuxedo, while they both smell like alcohol, is in a tuxedo. So the exact midpoint between what the hell two kind of description <laughs> was that, Tyler? <laughs> like, uh, I was waiting for someone to call me on it. <laughs> so between those, we got either 1080 or Pokemon Puzzle League. I don't think it's as good as 1080 for sure. Are we in agreement on that? Yeah, I mean, 1080 had a really tricky ability to land much of anything, but I would agree. I think 1080 snowboarding is better. So do we think it's better or worse than Pokemon Puzzle League? My instincts is below, but I'm uh, not really sure why. I don't have an argument. You know what? I'm going to go with below because Pokemon Puzzle League, despite being a puzzle game and kind of weird on its own, had multiplayer. Voltorb. Also, I was able to play like just a lot more of it at any given point. Right below that, we have Dragon Quest II. The one that really needs a guide, but also you got characters you can collect. My instinct against is Dragon Quest II is better. It's a much weaker instinct, but I definitely played more of Dragon Quest 2. I find the climbing of the mountain of Dragon Quest 2 kind of boring, but at the same time, it was doing something. It was trying something new, whereas this one feels like it's kind of trying to stand on the backs of its betters. So I'm going to have to say Dragon Quest 2. So that puts it at number 146, below Pokemon Puzzle League and above Dragon Quest 2. Alrighty, so now that we've settled that, Zach, what are we going to play next week? Zach, do you have an answer to that question? I warned him this time. I actually did have an answer to this question. Um, and so, like, Ryan on our Discord was talking about uh, Hitman and, and all those games. And it turns out Splinter Cell, the first one, is available on Steam. And Ryan reminded me this was a game that existed. And I think we're going to play us some Splinter Cell. We're going to be sneaky. All right, then. Next time on Last Time, Night Vision Goggle Jokes. This has been a production of Last Time on Video Games, copyright 2018. All games, movies, and other media mentioned in this podcast are copyright their respective owners. If you wish to listen to more episodes, visit us at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com where you can see the entire archive. If you wish to get in contact with us, you can email us at ltovg at lasttimeonvideogames.com. This episode is over. Try listening to another one?